today as we experience God in this series, we're talking about how God invites us to join Him. And I thought that was, that was very fitting. Thank you, ladies. Today, we're just going to see how that happens. And so we're going to jump right in. I'm going to read first off from 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 15. I need to let you know, I'm reading from the Message Bible. I don't normally do that, but it, it fits really well. And the concept is solid. So here we go, starting with verse 1. I, Simon Peter, am a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. I write this to you whose experience with God is, a li- is as life-changing as ours, all due to our God's straight dealing and the intervention of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you many times over as you deepen in your experience with God and Jesus, our Master. Verse 3. Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. The best invitation we ever received, we were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you. Your tickets to participation in the life of God after you turned your back on a world corrupted by lust. Verses 5 through 9. So don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given. Complementing your basic faith with good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness, and generous love. Each dimension fitting into and developing the others. With these qualities active and growing in your lives, no grass will grow under your feet. No day will pass without its reward as you mature in your experience of our master, Jesus Without these qualities, you can't see what's right before you, oblivious that your old sinful life has been wiped off the books. Verses 10 through 11. So friends, confirm God's invitation to you, his choice of you. Don't put it off. Do it now. Do this and you'll have your life on a firm footing. The streets paved and the way wide open into the eternal kingdom of our master and savior, Jesus Christ. The one light in a dark time. Verses 12 through 15. Because the stakes are so high, even though you're up to date on all this truth and practice it inside and out, I'm not going to let up for a minute in calling you to attention before it. This is the post to which I've been assigned, keeping you alert with frequent reminders, and I'm sticking to it as long as I live. I know that I'm to die soon. The master has made this quite clear to me. And so I am especially eager that you have all this down in black and white so that after I die, you'll have it ready for reference. When was the last time you were invited to do something? You know, sometimes the best part about going to the party or the dance or the concert or the event is the way that you're invited People like to be invited. For example, when I was in high school and we wanted to ask a girl to the homecoming dance or to prom, we would go all out. We would usually do something real crazy. Like we would walk up to the girl and say, hey, you want to go to the dance with us? (laughs) Just me? You want to go dance with me? Now, they would usually say something like, you know, yes or, or no. And there you have it. It was just crazy how we communicated like that. Um, if you were especially shy, you might write a note. Will you go to the dance with me? Check yes or no, maybe. Um, but nowadays, you all younglings have made it difficult. I, I, have, I have some nieces who are, who are older now in, in, 
it just it's crazy what you guys have done, you teenagers, to make something so simple as, hey, will you go to the dance with me? So extreme and difficult. They, they even have a new name for it. It's called promposal. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. You want to waste a couple hours, Google it. You ought to see some of the videos. These kids are crazy. They have taken it to the extreme. We're going to look at what some of these crazy kids have done to ask someone to homecoming or to prom. Let's, let's see that first picture. There you go. Somebody knows somebody at Chick-fil-A because they said, Courtney, will you go to the prom with me? I mean, I don't know how you get a hold of that one. What's the next one say? Ah, Who can say no to that? A man who cooks and made pretzels, huh? How could you say no to that, ladies? All right, what's the next one? Uh, this is how Lindsay asked Andy to prom. If you, you can't see it, but those baseballs, each one has, spells out the word prom and then a question mark. See? Um, <laughs> did that for you. Uh, this one here, I know this is cheesy, but will you go to prom with me? <laughs> and, is there another one on that one? Okay. Now, I have to tell you, we, I did find it at like 4 o'clock this morning. There's another picture of this pizza box, and the pizza is gone, and on the bottom it says, no, but thanks for the pizza. <laughs> it's out there. You can find it. You can't make this stuff up. This is what our kids are doing. And, and these are just like simple. Some of these kids have gone to, to extreme uh, steps. My niece in Florida was asked to her first homecoming dance by this boy. He put all these candles in her yard. He made these really big, two really big letters in, in candles that said HC and a big question mark. Now, the funny thing is, her dad's a youth minister. He went out and rearranged all the letters and, and he re- rearranged them to say NO and took a picture and sent it to him. <laughs> uh, they did go to homecoming, but I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> no. I get it, though. It's, it's nice to be invited. It's nice to be thought of. It's, it's nice when somebody makes a big deal over you, even if it is just a dumb dance. No offense, ladies. It's homecoming. Uh, but today I want to share an invitation with you, something that is far greater than a promposal. Today I want you to know that our God, the God of the universe, our creator, invites us to join him. And this isn't some school dance. This is the dance of your life. He wants you to join him. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you again that we can come and worship. But, but more than that, I thank you for the invitation that you've given to us, that, that you want us to be a part of what you're doing. And I just I don't know any other way to say it except for thank you. So I pray that as we look at what this means for us today, you'll open our hearts. You'll open our minds to see maybe something we haven't seen before and, and, and how we can respond when you invite us. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. As I said a minute ago, it's great to be thought of, especially when the action shows us that we're valuable. And I get to thinking about that. And I say God invites us and his action of invitation is valuable shows us that we're valuable. He sent his only son to die for us. Do you realize how valuable you have to be to someone in order for them to do that for you? I love you guys, but I love my son and I don't know that I would do that. 
Now, I'm a failed human. I'm not creator, and, and I don't have all those answers. But do you realize how valuable you have to be for our God to say, my son will be the final sacrifice. My son will be the invitation to bring you in to what I'm going to do. Now, you, you may be sitting here. I want you to think about the flip side of that, too. Do you know how non-valuable we are to Satan? Because he won't sacrifice anything for us. But he sure does have a way to convince us to sacrifice everything for him. Think about it. We see it in the news all the time. The things that we do in our, in our society. You may be sitting there and you're thinking, how, how does God invite me to join him in anything? He, he hasn't called. There's no pizza box, no candles in the front yard. No text messages, no prophetic dreams like in the Bible. Where's, where's my invitation? I don't want you to know God's revelation of his word. What he has revealed to us in scripture is his invitation for us to join him. You know, the funny thing about an invitation is if you don't open it, so to speak, you won't know what it says. He has given us his word and time and time again, we say, well, but what does it say? You won't know if you never open it. You need to open that invitation. His invitation is for us to join him. And if you never respond to an invitation, you'll never know how the dance turned out. As you read through God's word, if you never respond to what his word is saying, if you never apply it to your life, if you never seek out to do his will to join him in what he's inviting you to do, you're going to miss it. And things are going to pass you by and you're just going to be like, I never get to experience God. There's a process. In its simplest form, we can follow the invitation of God from the beginning. I mean, from very beginning, from creation to the time that Jesus began his ministry. Listen to this. At the very beginning, God the Father was working. He created heaven and earth and and all those things. And all the way up until Jesus came on the scene, God is working. Stay with me. Jesus begins his ministry, and basically Jesus says to people, the Father has me working. So we have God working. Now Jesus is here. The Father has Jesus working. And then Jesus repeatedly says to people, I do nothing on my own initiative. I watch to see what the Father is doing, and I do what I see the Father doing. Jesus says, the Father loves me. He shows me everything he is doing, and I do that. The only way that we can watch God. The only way we can, we can see what God is doing, the only way we can, we can follow that example is if we are involved in the Word, if we are reading the Bible. Uh, there's an example in John chapter 5, verses 17 and verses 19 through 20, and it goes like this. Jesus, this is Jesus talking. He answered them, my father is working until now, and I myself am working Verse 19, therefore Jesus answered and was saying to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, these things the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself is doing. And the father will show him greater works than these so that you will marvel. Now, here's something interesting in this passage. There's there's some key words. There's some phrase here. And when I read through this, it, it drew me into kind of a different understanding of how Christ recognized the Father's invitation to join him. And, and I think we'll do well to follow this lead. Here it is. Jesus says in verse 19, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. 
For whatever the father does, these things the son also does in like manner. Basically, Jesus is here on earth. He watches to see what God is doing. He knows that he must be about his father's business. He, he even knew that at a young age as he responded to Mary and Joseph when they forgot that he was in church, when they left him in the temple. He came back around. He said, I must be about my father's business. And he's repeating it again here. But what does that mean for us? I think it means that we will never really see where God is working around us if we aren't watching him. If we aren't looking for him, if we aren't reading his word, if we aren't communicating to him, if we aren't seeking his will over our own desires, we are never going to see where God is working around us and we'll never be able to join in on what he's doing. Brothers and sisters, if you truly want to experience God in your life, if you want to know that he has invited you to join him, it's time for us to stop looking for self-satisfaction in the things of this world and to begin looking for Christ's reflection in God's word. That's what we need to do. If you're not reading God's word, if you're not looking to God, if you're not praying, if you're not spending time with God, if you're not watching for God, you will not recognize the invitation. You will not see where God is working and you'll not be able to join him. God values us. He wants to invite us to join him in our life on earth so that we can join him for eternity in heaven. Satan, he uses us. He wants to invite us ultimately to death and destruction. So what is a human life worth? Not much to Satan. But it also depends on where you live. In India, there was a young boy who was traded for 50 kilos of rice so that his parents and his sisters would be able to eat. Little boy, that's, that's only 110 pounds of rice, by the way. Before I get into that story, though, I want to share with you something else. But I need you to start simmering on that. Start letting that filter in. God invites us to join him in many different ways. It may be that he invites you to reach out to someone because of something you saw in the news. For example, a few weeks ago, when it was actually like 10 degrees here in Huntsville, that doesn't happen very often, but it gets really cold for two or three days. And and God invited someone from Huntsville Christian Church to join him. They were watching the news of all things. Mostly I get depressed when I watch the news. And this person uh, felt an invitation. They saw that the shelters were filling up and people needed a place to just get warm. What they also noticed was that no churches within the city limits of Huntsville opened their doors to those in need. Closest one was Athens. The person shared this with me. They said, why can't we be a warming station during times like these? Why can't we do something? I said, you know what? We'll look into it. And I said, there's a lot I don't know, but we'll look into it. And I shared it this past week with our elders, and our deacons, our trustees. And here's something I want you to know. We realize that we have a lot of questions about that. This is something we have never even thought of. But we realize we have no idea how that may look or what it may look like or what the responsibilities are. But I can tell you this. Thursday night, we made a commitment to pray about it and to seek God's wisdom and to look into more details and to see if that's a door that he's going to open. The reason I tell you that is because what excites me about this whole thing is this person didn't come to me and say, hey, there's a need in the community. Huntsville Christian Church needs to take care of it and walk away. The person came to me and they said, hey, if we can do this as a church, I'll show up and I'll cook breakfast. I'll be there to be a part. So I got really excited. I was like, they didn't just come with a community problem. They came and said, I want to be part of a solution 
to a need that's in our community. And I don't know if we'll ever be able to become a warming station. But the fact that we had someone in our congregation that was thinking outside that box, that was thinking along those lines, warmed my heart to know that God is inviting us as a congregation to change this community and to make an impact here and to make him known. Another example of invitation is Christ in youth. Christ in youth is one of those things that is kind of an anomaly, I guess. They have several events throughout the year for all ages of kids. And, and one of their biggest ones is called Move. And, and basically, Christ in Youth is, is an organization where um, you, your kids go and it's like camp on steroids. I mean, you just take them and, and they're, they're learning God. They're focused on things. It, it really challenges our students at a whole different level. Um, I've always said that when we get away from the distractions of everyday life for a moment, God invites us to life-changing opportunities. And this summer... Christ in, Christ in Youth Move hosted a total of 25,038 students and adult sponsors at their, their Move Summer event. It was all across America. They do it every year, every summer. God is using CIY Move and Central India Christian Mission. He inv- and he's using them, to, and he invited all these kids through this, this summer to join him in a movement that could possibly change the face of India. And I know you're like, there's no way. And I'm like, yeah, there is. Christ in Youth's mission, first off, is to amplify God's call on the lives, our teenagers, to amplify God's call on their lives to be kingdom workers no matter what they choose to do in life. And I was like, you know, that's pretty awesome. Uh, this summer, these young kingdom workers, these 25,000 people, mostly teenagers, because you only get like one adult to 12 kids kind of a ratio, so you can figure that out. They raised in a general offering over the summer over $20,000 for Central India Christian Mission. That's impressive. But that was just the weekly offerings throughout the United States. Many other youth groups are currently doing the same thing that our youth group is doing. They're, and I'm going to show you a video in just a second. Uh, it's a shortened version of what our kids saw at CIY that was the invitation, as I like to call it. And in your bulletin, there's a link to this um, where you can go, you can watch the actual video. It's like 20 minutes long. It's well worth the investment of your time to really see why our kids were so passionate about planting a church in India. Also, out here on the Infopod um, in the foyer, we've got copies of DVD. So those of you who don't like going on the World Wide Web, you can take a DVD home. Um, some of the kids will be out there to kind of share with you about what's going on. But you can take those home, watch them, bring it back, share it with somebody else. Um, that's fine, too. But this video is going to introduce you to the little boy that was sold for a bag of rice. And then I'm going to talk a little bit more about what's happening there. Okay, there is not a video, um, which means now you have to go home and watch it uh, from your bulletin or take the copy from the DVD. Um, and that's all right. The, the thing that's amazing here is this little boy, and, it, and you'll see this in the video, he's only about 10 years old. He sold for a bag of rice from his dad. His dad walks him to a man's house. And the man gives him a bag of rice and he leaves his son so that his other sisters and his family can live. Um, he, he was in that place for about two years, uh, mistreated, fed if the, if the master wanted him to be fed, um, kicked, beaten, pushed around. His jobs were nasty. He had no shoes and one of his jobs was cleaning the barn where the ox stayed. Um, you can kind of make your own mental pictures there. It, for two years, 
this little 10-year-old boy, well, now he's 12, I guess, if it's two years, but 10, 12 years old, he, he endures this mistreatment. A pastor shows up with a bag of rice and starts bartering with this guy, and he buys this boy's freedom back to him, back for him, and he takes him home to his parents. Now, the cool thing is, the boy realizes that he's no longer a slave, but he also, through talking with his pastor, forgives his parents for what they did. And I'm going to share some other things with you because, first off, what I find amazing is that I have a hard time forgiving people when they hurt my feelings. And this boy, his name is Tiharu, forgave his parents for trading him for a bag of rice. And and even said that he, he trusted his dad and he loved his dad and he knew his dad was good. He endured two years of mistreatment, doubt, loneliness. You name it, he experienced it. He actually slept in the barn on the straw. That was his bed. And when he thought he couldn't take it anymore, God, through a Christian pastor in India, invited Tiharu to experience one of the most amazing gifts. Not only the gift of freedom, but the gift of forgiveness. This young boy realized that God freed him from his slavery, but if he didn't forgive his parents, he would never experience true freedom. Not only did he forgive his parents, but since he was rescued from slavery, he went to Bible college. He's planted five churches in his city in India. He's baptized over 3,000 people for the forgiveness of their sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's also rescued over 150 children who, like him, were sold into slavery. Clearly, he's an adult now, and he's a pastor, and that's what he's doing in India. Now you see, and, and when you watch this video at home or take the DVD and actually watch the 20-minute video, you'll see why our young people have worked so hard to raise money for a church to be planted in India. Um, by the way, as of right now, they've exceeded their goal of $2,000, which is awesome. And, and we're excited about that. Uh, I tell you all that. Um, every time that our kids go somewhere, CIY, move, believe, superstar camp, I tell you, when they come back, those kids are going to be different. And when they come back from that week, we need to be ready to encourage and support. We need to hold them accountable to the challenges and the growth and the invitations that they've experienced. And I also want to say that, that right here in this room, right now, we have the ability to be kingdom workers. Every one of you have been invited by God to be kingdom workers and to be a part of changing our church, changing our neighborhoods, changing our community, of changing our state. You've been invited by God to be a part of changing our nation, our world, for God's glory. What would happen in the city of Huntsville if everyone in this room truly accepted God's invitation to be kingdom workers. Now that means that no matter what your job is, you actually work for God. The company pays you, but you work for God. You do your job well, but your, your reflection is Christ. If we all made a commitment to be kingdom workers all the time, not just once in a while, we would change our community. Yeah, but we're just a hundred or so people. What can we do? You know what? I don't know what we can do here in Huntsville, but I know this. One little boy was sold for a bag of rice and he has changed the face of his city in India. One little boy accepted the invitation from God to be a kingdom worker 
who was a slave, has baptized over 3,000 people and started five Christian churches in his city in India. This is not something that happened 200 years ago. This little boy is, is grown and alive today, and his goal is to plant more churches in the next city over and to keep moving through India. One little boy looked to God and saw what God was doing, and he accepted the invitation to join him. I want to invite you today, if you haven't yet accepted the invitation from God, as we come to our response time, I'd like to invite you to use this time and take that opportunity. If you need to accept the invitation of baptism and new life, don't wait another day. If you need to accept the invitation to partner with us and do kingdom work here in Huntsville, now's the time for that response. If you need prayer for something and you you need to accept God's invitation for forgiveness, or maybe you need to forgive someone and you're just holding on, the elders are here, they'll pray with you. People say one of the longest walks One of the loneliest walks is to come forward at the end of a church service and do one of these things. I've been told many times after a Sunday service, I was going to come forward for prayer, but I didn't didn't want people to think I was the only one who needed it. I didn't want to be the only one. That's one of the reasons that we're having this time, this response time, that we're trying this out, is to get people comfortable with that concept of being to walk forward because my thought process is if if we're all walking forward during response time to have communion together that walk up front is not as lonely or as long for somebody who needs prayer or who wants to get baptized but is stage fright as we come to our response time we're going to have a time of communion Andy's going to share a few words and I just ask that you take a moment and think about what you've heard today from God's word. Reflect on these things. And when you're ready, come and have communion. Whatever your response is to God's words today, now is that time. We're not trying to rush you, but respond. It's been great to worship with you all today. Now it's time to go and see what God invites us to do this week. Remember this. Every day, God invites us on the same kind of adventure. It's not a trip where he sends us a rigid itinerary. He simply invites us. God asks, what is it he's made us to love? What is it that captures our attention? What feeds that deep, indescribable need of our souls to experience the richness of the world he made? And then leaning over, he whispers, let's go do that together. Have a great week and be ready for the invitation.